0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: This is episode 25 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, presented by Equestrian Life, exclusive coverage of the world of dressage. We would like to thank our sponsors, Equestrian Life. They can be found at equestrianlife.com and Kentucky Performance Products. They are online at kppusa.com.
2: This is Chris Stafford in Lexington, Kentucky. And I'm Debbie McDonald, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show presented by Equestrian Life.
1: Well, Debbie, welcome uh, back. It's great to have you back on the show. And I really look forward to this, but I know chasing you around the country a little bit, you've now headed further west. So we're on a three-hour three time difference this week, aren't we?
2: Yes, we are. <laughs> Thank you for being patient on that. Oh, no problem. So you're you've relocated to California for
1: the winter, have you, Debbie?
2: Yep, we're settled in here and uh, really enjoying the sunshine. It's been absolutely beautiful weather here.
1: Well, no, that was quite a, a I mean, last time I talked to you well, a few weeks ago. Very recently, you had snow already in Idaho, so you've got to be ready for the warm weather.
2: Yes, absolutely. I'm kind of a warm weather girl. I have to say. So, what does
1: California in the in the winter look like for you, Debbie? Do you do still do as much as much teaching as you do in the summer? Do you travel as much?
2: Well, actually, um, during the show months, when they're really busy months, I I might do a clinic, but I pretty much try to devote my time to my clients and um, Adrian and the you know the few that are really you know settling into the show mode so i do a few less clinics during those months and then uh pick it up again
1: pick it up again and then and that that means you'll be back up back up on the road in in the spring is that right
2: that's right i do uh i have a couple of developing clinics actually here that i'm doing at apona and then um you know, I'm I'm doing a few others around, so yeah, I'm excited about that. And uh, between that, and I'm also doing the CDS amateur clinics this year, so I'm going to be busy. It's just that I'm having a couple months right now that are not quite as as much travel, which I'm thoroughly enjoying.
1: <laughs> so, so I'm sure everybody would love to know what what does the downtime look like for Debbie.
2: Um, well, actually, it still is a you know pretty much a a five day work, work, you know, work week. And it, I start at eight in the morning and I don't get done until about five in the afternoon. I do about, oh, I would say seven horses here at Epona. And I drive a couple of miles and do a couple for another client. And then I drive Another direction, about another thirty, forty minutes, and do a couple there, so I'm still very busy. It's just that I'm not uh, getting on an airplane.
1: No, <laughs> oh, well, that's got to be nice. yeah and uh, and riding, how much riding do you get to do?
2: I would say I don't ride more than about two horses a day anymore, a lot more teaching and a lot less riding. but I do keep myself trying to to do a little bit. <laughs> do
1: you- do you, do you do anything else for fitness? Because rider fitness, uh, you know, we've always stressed how important that is. Uh, Debbie, do you find you do other things or do you need to do other things as you get older?
2: Oh, definitely. I mean, I've just reor- uh, rejoined the gym here. We have a, a total women's gym, which is fabulous. Adrian and all the girls here, we all get together and make ourselves go. And we, um, we do a lot of, uh, you know, aerobic type exercise plus we do um some weights and uh yeah we really do try to to get in a good mode and when one of us don't feel like going the other one makes us get off the couch and go (laughs) so that's kind of fun
1: that's great to have someone to help motivate you especially in the winter
2: yeah, and having young girls, I'll tell you that they're hard to keep up with. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Well, we've got a great show lined up this week, Debbie. Um, I caught up with Stefan Peters over the weekend. He was in Kentucky for a clinic, so I took advantage of catching up with him and having a chat. And uh, we also heard from. Klatcha van Andel, um, I talked to her the other day. She had been to the uh, Global Dressage Forum, which we mentioned the previous week. You know, that was a big event uh, on the winter sk- or fall winter schedule. Um, it's a, it's what I think it's in its ninth year now, and it's becoming quite an important forum for, you know, the world leaders when it comes to the sport of dressage. So we're looking forward to hearing from Klatcha as well. Um, but we have some news this week, uh, Debbie. And last week uh, we reported about the the video that's been circling, circulating on the internet uh, about of Patrick Kittle, the Swedish rider riding Scandic, uh, that has caused an incredible amount of attention um, at at all levels of the sport. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later, and the reaction that we've had on the show and from our Facebook group and so on. But uh, I thought it only fair, Debbie, to to share with everybody Patrick's reaction. This is the first time we've heard from Patrick on the subject. And as everybody can see, they can go to the website, they can go to YouTube and watch the video and make their own determination. But uh, I'd like to just read the statement, or an excerpt at least, from the statement that Patrick Kittle gave um, just last week in response to the video. Yeah. Um, And him riding Scandic at the Odense show in a hyperflexed or roll core position. And he says, and I quote, Scandic is a special horse. Every horse has its own special posture. And for each horse, one must find the right way. With all my horses, I vary control and contact considerably. Yes, sometimes I shorten them in the neck and then release the horse to loosen them up. If one rides horses upwards in static poise, they will no longer relieve their back. But never, ever do I train the horses two hours in a row in a low, deep, and narrow frame, as is suggested in this video. Skandik also loves to play with his tongue. In Odense, his tongue had fallen over the bit, and once I noticed it, I stopped and adjusted it. The tongue had been hanging out for exactly 22 seconds. <laughs> Neither at the time nor on the video did I see the tongue being blue. Meanwhile, the FEI has contacted me and I have sent a written explanation for what happened in Odense. I welcome the FEI investigation and I am confident that the FEI will do a thorough job, but I do not believe that anything negative will come out of it for me. Patrick also noted that he received lots of encouragement and support these past days from his owner's and sponsors there will be uh, a link on our website to the full statement of patrick so uh, if you want to read all of that then go to our website and click on the link to that and uh, you know there's two sides to every story isn't there debbie you've seen the video yourself
2: i have and um i must say you know it it is very disturbing to watch and uh this isn't the first time obviously this has been brought up many times and he just happens to be the one that's uh kind of taking the the blunt of it i guess you must say um but it's been long overdue absolutely long overdue
1: and there there i mean this is one training method debbie just to put it in context there are lots of ways and you know you watch people from different parts of the world from maybe the some of the lesser developed nations with their own styles of training which may not conform to the classic style uh-huh. of dressage or or what is commonly used and accepted in modern competition. Um, so I think, as you say, this is something that's been—it's been happening for years. This is not the first time that the FEI has been uh, brought to—it's been brought to the FEI's attention. Um, it's not the first time that investigated it, but uh, I, th- I think the time has come because it's impacting the sport at the higher levels, and these people are role models for the sport, Debbie, too.
2: Well, and, you know, that's what I said. I mean, it's just, it, it's very sad to see where this sport is going, I have to say. Um, I hope the FEI does something, but let me tell you, they're only a piece of this puzzle and the judges have to get their act together. I mean, they are rewarding this in the arena. These are the horses that are winning. And unless we can stop rewarding this, then how in the world can we stop it from happening? and I really have to put a lot of blame on the judges right now I just I do and uh what is classical anymore does anybody can anybody answer that question when's the last time you've seen a horse win with its nose slightly in front of the vertical to me it's it's really pretty disgusting
1: yeah well it certainly has caused a, a great deal of controversy you know and, and and I agree with you I'm all for the classic style of 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 training and I think uh we're going to talk a little bit more about later on in the show debbie because we've had such incredible uh, response to this subject and uh, not surprisingly Uh, but I have just one more item of news this week Debbie and you know we're all about following our breeds our favourite breeds, our favourite stallions and those of you who follow that lovely Dutch stallion Jazz will be delighted to know that he maintained his status at the top of the World Breeding Federation for Sport Horses rankings uh, with 12,972 points well ahead of uh, the rest of the field I'll say (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Those of you who know Jazz know he's, uh, he's 19 years old now, and uh, by cocktail out of Charmant by alston he was bred by Huben Tiny Van Helvoort, and was ridden by Kerstin Beckers from the Brewer uh, a Very, very, very popular stallion, uh, Debbie, not surprising that he's heading the list, but uh, how impressive is that?
2: I'd say that's very impressive. <laughs> that's really quite quite far above the others. And uh, do you know this horse at all, Debbie? Do you know of any of his progeny? Oh, I know many of his, of his progeny prodigy he's uh he himself is a i mean and i think most of them they have a little bit of a hot streak in them but um you get them working for you and they are pretty brilliant
1: well the co- he's in terrific company there of course he he headed that rankings list ahead of donahall and florenston and Rodiermont and weltmeyer Rubinstein, belt and so on the list goes on and you can find the full list of those rankings uh, uh at, from a link on our website so check that out and you know, we talk about this. I mean, the World Breeding Federation for Sport Horses has has become really prominent. They're very powerful, very strong group, aren't they, Debbie? And really significant in our sport now.
2: They are, and it's really it's you know it's quite fun to to see and watch these horses, the the stallions, uh, their offspring, and um, I think it adds a little bit uh, extra flavor to the sport when you start doing this.
1: It, it does because you know people follow their breeds, you know, and they talk about the breeding, you know, just like we would in 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 the thoroughbred racing industry. Yeah, absolutely. And but I'm sure you know you like I can can remember very well and not too long ago when people didn't bother about the breeding, they just said, oh, it's Hanoverian <laughs> or it's a Holsteiner or, or whatever. That's uh, right. And they, uh, but they, but to be fair to the American audience, Debbie, they they didn't have. And a, a point of reference, because we didn't have so many warm bloods bred in this country. We were importing them.
2: Well, that's correct. And for so long, we were riding thoroughbreds. And uh, that was a different type of a breeding program, obviously. Uh, they weren't breeding for this sport at all. It was all for racing. So um, it you're right. We're very, very new to us this
1: and, and, we're, and we're really, really enforcing that and endorsing that 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 influence now of these leading stallions. And uh, do you do you have any favorites? Are you going to put stick your neck out here, Deb? Deb? Any any favorite stallions that you follow?
2: Um, you know, I I have to be completely honest that um, I still look at those horses as individuals when we go looking at horses. And I um, I have to say I've seen a lot of jazz that are very interesting horses. But also um, the Floriston Beltmeyer. even though they're tough, you can find some pretty good ones. And I think, again, you know, it all comes down to that little personal preference as well. You know, what type of horse you like.
1: Yes. Yes, it really is the stamp of the horse, isn't it? And, you know, and how they give you that impression first yeah. it's that visual impression first but i think you know uh one one show we should have uh, is about breeding we should talk about that a little bit more and maybe we could be joined by someone who actually breeds stallions so if you if you want to think about that debbie i think yeah that would be great i think that'd be an interesting topic to topic to have someone over here who breeds warm bloods you know we we're not picky we don't mind which breed <laughs> no
2: no no, not at all. i think it's uh it's very interesting like you said all of them
1: all right. Well we'll, well, we'll do that. We'll plan that uh, as a future episode here. But, um, well, great. Thanks, Debbie. Well, um, before we get any further, uh, we're going to take a break for a commercial, and then we're going to uh, hear from Clarty Van Andel of Dressage Direct, who's going to tell us what happened at the Global Dressage Forum. So stay tuned.
0: It is fantastic to have our friends at Equestrian Life. as the title sponsors for the Dressage Radio Show. If you have not been to Equestrian Life yet, you need to go. In addition to being the official social community for the Horse Radio Network, it is one of the fastest-growing horse communities on the Internet. It is truly the Facebook for horse people. The goal of EquestrianLife.com is to bring equestrians together and to provide them with the breadth and depth of information and tools. They need to learn and connect with other horse lovers who share the same passion. EquestrianLife.com is a fun, inviting website that strives to provide its members with a world-class experience that fosters the expression of all the ways people enjoy their horses and the people who are part of the horse world. EquestrianLife.com's social media platform provides users with cutting-edge applications and tools, such as people in horse profiles, social Q&A, status updates, messaging, photo uploading groups comments blogs expert high definition videos directories birthday reminders alerts messaging and on and on and on in addition to their partnership with the horse radio network this community is designed by horse people for horse people and is filled with educational and entertaining video and audio all about our horses right on over to equestrian life today sign up for free and tell all of your friends if you love horses equestrianlife.com is the place to be
1: well thanks again to our sponsors equestrian life don't forget they are our official social network so please visit them and set up a profile there at equestrianlife.com Well, we're coming to our first guest of the show, Debbie uh, Klartje van Andel from from the Netherlands. Of course, right in the thick of it when it comes to dressage. And she went to the ninth annual global dressage forum there in the Netherlands. And I talked to her just the other day to hear what happened this year.
2: Yeah, I bet. it was. uh, I'm sorry I missed that. It sounded like it was a great one.
1: It absolutely was. So uh, let's hear what Klartje has to say. Well, I'm joined now by Klaatje van Andel from Dressage Direct, who attended the recent Dressage Global Forum in the Netherlands. Klaartje, that's becoming quite an important event on
3: the calendar each year now, isn't it? It is. It was already the ninth occasion that the Global Dressage Forum was held. And it's it's even more important also because of the timing this time.
1: And of course, you, just a few weeks before the FEI General Assembly. Absolutely,
3: so and that was one of the main topics. Was of course the judging,
1: the judging. And so, how did that how did that conversation go? Because there are a lot of aspects of that, aren't there, Klautche, that That are there discussed. are a
3: lot of aspects. Yes. Um, well, the new FEI Dressage Director. Um, Trump Esmeer started with uh, saying how privileged he was to come in to be, be a dressage director in these uh, thrilling times with uh, sport going in these beautiful directions with all very re- record. Uh, being held and all those new challenges with the report of the dresser's task force so he started um, very gentle by saying how happy he was and that the sport has not changed um, spectacularly the last 20 years um, and that what has happened the last half, half a year six months or a year probably is even more than in 20 years time so he complimented the dressage task force and also all riders uh, taking care of the records being ridden last year. Stefan Peters included and uh, the Dutch from the European Championships included, of course. Uh, yeah, so that-
1: There were records being broken, but there was also on the other side of things with the dressage Taskfor- task force. Are they taking into account the judging trial system that was tested in Aachen a few weeks ago, Claudia?
3: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, there were uh, two nice results mentioned at the Global Dressers Forum. One of the nice results was David Stickland. He is uh, he is um, he is a lover of dress size because his wife is riding dress size but he's a scientist as well and what he has done is um uh trying to do the judging process uh turning into um uh scientific results and ed- educational results as well. So he has um, do- done some research on the standards of judging. So um, he has a sort of proven that it's not that subjective as always um, is thought it is. It's, it's more objective as people had ever thought it would be. So, one of his results uh, by studying five years of results of all international dresser shows being reading, written all over the world, he used um, uh, by the way the results of uh, dress size direct for for it um, all those results um, uh, have uh, for instance measured that there is no national judging. So it, it's it's not the case that people always think that, that there is nationalism in judging, but it wasn't. He could not quantify national judging. So I think it's a great result.
1: We mentioned last week um, that David Holmes, the FEI sports director, opened the forum with an, a statement um, about what has become a very... Um, hot topic in the dressage yep. world, Cloutier, and it's not one we can avoid, and we don't wish to avoid it, and I've had quite a bit of response from listeners in, in different ways, uh, saying that we should have an open discussion about this on the show, yep, that's right. and, that's and right. that, is a, that is, of course, the role core and the attention that's being drawn to that now, and I know, as I mentioned in last week's show, that David Holmes did make a statement that the FEI would be investigating that. Have, do you have any updates on that, uh, and, and how that was uh, discussed in in maybe in the corridors of the Global Dressage Forum.
3: Well, uh, David Holmes uh, could not do do anything but start with the FEI statement. Of course, uh, it was the statement that the FEI is um, doing an investigation on the raw cure thing asked by it uh, by the British Dressage Director and. Um, um, it was asked because of a video on YouTube, um, showing Patrick Kittel losing his horse, Kendrick, the stallion Kendrick, who, who he's been riding very well at the European Championships lately. And also in Odense, he had very high results at the first World Cup qualifier of the Western European League. Um, he was, um, losing his horse in, uh, in a rock, roll cure attitude. But um, what, what also draw the attention, uh, especially, was um, uh, that the tongue was out. And the moment that he uh, noticed that the tongue was out, he put it, the tongue back. I think most most of the, the listeners to the Dressers Radio Show, they all have seen the video, so I, I don't have to explain about the video. Um, well... David Holmes just said I cannot comment on this because it's into investigation at the moment and of course um everybody has asked to um Patrick Kittle to, to comment on it and I must say uh, yesterday he has given a very strong comment and it was it was more or less like that uh, the internet is uh, is a blessing because there is a lot of openness now just It's all easy to reach just because there are no distances anymore. But the, in, the Internet is not only a blessing, it's also a burden. Because you cannot defend yourself. Uh, you can do one-minute uh, video, you can send it all over the world, and you can uh, make uh, the, a, any bad comment you like to, um, to uh, make people or horses... Uh, Black and he 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 enjoys being an investi- He 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 enjoys that the FBI is doing an investigation now, and he likes to work on uh, to 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 help them with everything uh, he he they they want him to do. But he also warns people um, to be uh, to use their common sense too, and not to be blind because of the openness of. Uh, the possibilities of the internet—it's a danger uh, and not only a blessing. Well, that is yes. his opinion.
1: It is—it is both both things, of course. Uh, but yeah. it, You know, it's amazing the response this has got, uh, Clutcher. There's, I think, almost uh, since since last week's show, I think uh, there's something close. It's getting up close to hundred thousand views on yeah. YouTube. So this yeah. indicates amazing. just to m- move on, really, from the actual debate, Clarcher. When you get to something like the dressage. Uh, the the Global Dressage Forum. This is a forum to discuss all of these things and why why we need to review the the good and the bad things that are happening in the sport. The things that are getting negative publicity obviously need to be addressed. uh, And it's encouraging that that this particular rider is welcoming that investigation. So again, it it really reflects the openness of the sport and the riders uh, in the age of the internet. Um, and, And what else came out of this um, at, at, at this forum I know we we, we talked about uh, last week about the things that um, the FEI were addressing and and making note of like the reduction in registered horses and show cancellations and the yeah and, right. the, and the drugs and medication control that kind yeah, of thing yeah um, yeah were there any other highlights that uh, really caught your attention
3: yeah I think I should um, shortly come back on um what Katrina Wust, uh, an international judge, has added to the forum. Um, she did a great job because she investigated about more than 100 freestyles to music because she said we all like to have the judging open and fair, and at this moment uh, it is too difficult to be open and fair about the degree of difficulties of the freestyle. And after a hundred of uh, fe free, of uh, freestyles that I have tried to judge only on the de- the degree of difficulty um uh, I can add something more to to have a more reliable note for the degree of difficulty. She likes to um have uh, she she suggests that you can find out about the degree of difficulty. The degree of difficulty of a freestyle, and for instance, she had the example of the, free, the winning freestyle of Stefan Peters in Aachen. She said, uh, if you find out what he did and what was more than uh, more than a normal difficulty, his degree of difficulty could have been rewarded with 9.2 uh, if everything had um, uh, had, had uh, been performed performed perfectly. Um, But because some things were not that perfect, they were not uh, marked as a seven or higher, um, you should um, uh, diminish the note for the mark for degree of difficulty with a few points. So his actual degree of difficulty of the winning freestyle in Aachen was 8.8. And then she had a very nice uh, degree of difficulty um, um, paper. And you really could find out um, why you get something more for this. Uh, uh, for instance, doing 18 one-tempo changes without mistakes on a curved line. Uh, for instance, doing difficult transitions. Uh, for instance, for for instance, doing a comp- combination of some uh, lectures. If you do a combination, you can add some difficulty on uh, on, on on the marks so she she really did a great job, and she said it has to uh worked out it has, has to be worked worked out a bit more um uh, but like sports as gymnastics they they do have those papers where you can have uh the degree of difficulty before you start already, because you know you, if everything um goes out well you will have a degree of difficulty of 9.8 and this is something uh, which is reliable which is not uh, uh, dependent on a person's opinion it's it's just mathematics (laughs) Uh, and and then Trying to do it really well. So it was great.
1: Well, the degree of difficulty and the standard of excellence now, of course, is being raised all the time. And the, the, the riders that have been breaking these world records are raising the bar here. And, and you know, so while we've had some negative influences in the sport. In, in the past few weeks. We've also had a lot of more positive influences this year, Clatcher, and I think it, it really bodes well for next year. And I know Cl- you mentioned Stefan Peters. He was there, um, I think, very well received at the uh, the, the,
3: the forum. It was very well re- received. It was really amazing. He, he never uh, is punishing a horse or a rider. He, all the time he was saying, no big deal, no big deal. Uh, try, try once again, and uh, what, he, what, what, was, what, what was one of his main points, um, in my opinion, was that he all the time was asking to uh, to the rider, you should have a reason for asking this or that to your horse. So think about it. It doesn't matter whether you ride in a bit low frame or a higher frame or a bit more bending or less bending. It doesn't matter. You can try everything, but you have a reason to do it. And if your horse doesn't uh, listen to your age, you have to ask to yourself, um, was I not clear enough or is it too difficult for the horse? Does he, is, is he probably not even possible uh, in doing this? what i asked to him so he was very gentle he was very clear and all the times he brought his lesson back to two points um is the horse able to do to do this exercise and the second point did i tell him clearly enough what exercise to do did i make the mistake so it was it was very good it was very positive and uh i think if all riders um are thinking in this direct and pleasant way it there will be no uh um, bad sports anymore. It's, it was it's, perfect.
1: It's, I think that's a very good note to end on, here, because this these principles apply to riders at all levels, and of course, many of our riders it's are absolutely. riding. Our, our listeners are riding at the lower levels, so this is good. This is a good philosophy for everyone to adapt at, 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 at all levels of the sport and uh, w- whatever your aspirations may be. So I think that's a very positive note to end on, Clarty. We really appreciate it. And I'm, I'm sure you'll be attending the Global Research Forum again next year and can bring us news of what's happening at the higher end of the sport that can benefit everybody right across all, all levels of the sport. We appreciate you spending the time with us and uh, we'll catch up with, with you again, I'm sure, over the winter. I'm I'm
3: very happy if you do so. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you so much, Klartje. We really
3: appreciate your time. You're most welcome.
1: Well, thanks to Klartje there for that report. Um, You know, it's interesting. I think this is such an important event in the calendar now, Debbie, and you know, it's something that the FEI are really paying attention to. It's not just in Europe that this has become as I mean, as its name suggests, a global dressage forum, and and has all the heavyweights of the sport involved with that forum and discussing the real topics of the day.
2: I know. And isn't it great to have one of our own guys down there just showing them how to do it? Yes, it
1: absolutely <laughs> is. You know, how about that? We've been, been importing all their warm bloods and now we're exporting uh, <laughs> Stefan to go out over there and, uh, and uh, show, show them how to do it. That's terrific. Well, good, you know, great of Stefan too. Well, we're going to take a short break here, Debbie, and then we are going to be hearing from Stefan. So stay tuned. We'll be right back.
0: Don't forget your horse this holiday season and what is more important than your horse's health. Kentucky Performance Products offers you the quality assurance that you are looking for for your horse. Each supplement is manufactured to exacting standards in certified facilities. Their ingredients are sourced from highly reputable suppliers and their formulas are fixed to ensure consistency in each bucket. When you purchase a supplement from Kentucky Performance Products, you will see the results you expect and the quality you can count on. They guarantee it. Kentucky Performance Products has recently unveiled their newest product called Contribute. Unlike other omega-3 supplements, Contribute contains both plant and marine sources of omega-3 fatty acids. Omega-3 fatty acids support virtually every system in the horse's body, including the immune system, reproductive system, nervous system, bone development, and the cardiovascular system. Contribute offers horse owners, breeders, and trainers an affordable way to provide beneficial omega-3 fatty acids. Is recommended for young horses, horses in training, stallions, broodmares, and seniors. Learn more and about contribute and all the products at kppusa.com. That's Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com.
1: Now, well, again, thanks to our sponsors, kppusa.com, and they can be found at kppusa.com. And a special thanks to Karen Isburn, who runs that company over in Versailles, Kentucky. Thank you again for your support, Karen. Well, we're coming to uh, now our featured guest of the show, Stefan Peters, who needs absolutely no introduction from me, Debbie. So I'm going to hand it over to you.
2: Well, this is this is very exciting. And um, I'm very uh, honored to be introducing our next guest, which is Stefan Peters. And uh, let's hear what he has to say.
4: Okay. Well, I'm, I'm joined now by Stefan Peters, finally caught up with you, Stefan, and welcome to the Dressage Radio Show, your first time on the show.
5: That's right, thanks for having me.
4: Well, it's, I say it's like catching up with you, it's, it's a bit of a challenge, you know, we've been back and forth for a while trying to get you on the show, because you're. this is a down year, <laughs> Stefan, this is not even an Olympic or World year. We'll Question Games, you've been all over the world, haven't you?
5: Yeah, especially last week, we did uh, three days in Europe for the Global Dressage Forum, Then uh, one day at home, then back to New York for the uh, developing uh, clinic in uh, Gladstone, New Jersey. But it's fun, and yes, it is a lot of traveling, but I love it. That's why it's not that big of a deal.
4: I know you were there in in the Netherlands for the... Global Dressers Forum, and I also heard that you're fluent in Dutch
5: as well as German. To. I I wouldn't say fluent. Like I would, I could teach a lesson and hold a communication. There's, you know, especially when you mix up English and Dutch. There's, there's always some uh, some words that you're looking for in Dutch. But it works, and uh, we have brought the message across.
4: Well, we heard from Clácea van Andel of Dressage Direct last week on the show about the report from the, the Dressage Forum and, and how well your, you were received over there. Um, how was up for you going back and doing something like that on it, uh, in what has become actually a very significant uh, venue on the Dressage calendar each year, the
5: Forum? Christy, um, you're right. It was a little bit of a intimidating situation, there's no doubt it's one to show over there, do well over there but then you just don't know if uh, this type of uh, training style and this uh, teaching style is accepted over there and it's a little bit more what I like to call liberal I like to find um, out from the rider when they feel the necessity to ride a horse more forward when they feel the necessity to ride a horse a little deeper that they do that at any given time so they looked at me a few times where they said, you, I really have this option to make that decision. So I, I think um, that is so unusual over there, you know, that that they simply just do um, what they feel is necessary. I think the whole system works. You only do what the teacher says. And I think every rider has a better knowledge of the horse and needs to make adjustments uh, when it's necessary. So that was received uh, very well and um, I had a chance to ride some horses that I didn't know. The first night, there was a, I'm not kidding, it's an 18 two-hand um, Jazz, a Dutch horse that came in, and they gave me the reins and said, here, okay, you ride this one. And I said, okay. And I was happily surprised how nice the horse was actually to ride at, um, at his size. It had a, beautiful trot, beautiful canter. The rider obviously did a super job making the horse rideable, but that was the format of the form this year, that you're simply exposed to horses that and riders that you hadn't seen before, and that was fun for me. Um, I don't think we made life-changing corrections, but it it was nice to give the rider maybe a little different feedback. I I like to ask the writer in between uh, how did that feel? What do you think of that? So there was a lot of communication going on and I think it was appreciated.
4: Well, we're here now at Krista Hoffman's uh, establishment in Prospect, Kentucky. As I said, finally catching up with you. And you're teaching a clinic here. You've been doing a lot of that, uh, Stefan, around the world now. How is that? I mean, when, when, you, when you're balancing a comp- your competition schedule, your training, your clients at home, and, and, and the demands that you are now being placed on you to attend these clinics and, around the world, literally, y- y- that must be very demanding on you.
5: It is demanding. If it um, stays within our time zone, it's not so difficult. But uh, four weeks ago, uh, I did one uh, clinic with Tront Asmir, new director for dressage of the FEI in New Zealand. And when it's the different time zones. Then it's obviously a little difficult for the first few days. But I honestly enjoy it. Yes, the demand is high, but I wouldn't do it just for the uh, financial benefit. I love working with horses and riders, and uh, that's honestly the bottom line.
4: Well, we're seeing a range of of horses and riders at this clinic it's probably a typical clinic for you uh, uh, adult amateurs and some professionals coming to you all different standards what are you seeing mostly when you travel these days Stefan what kind of horse and rider problems are you seeing out there
5: because I think it's at the end of the day that we need to ask ourselves the, the, the feeling that we get from the horse is this um, good enough to take into the show arena and I think we get easily caught up into um, a situation in the training that simulates too much the show arena and I think we got to stay away from that we really have to trust our own um, instincts our, our own uh, standards there where we really say is my horse easily moving forward is my horse easily coming back to me when I collected can I adjust the neck height, the neck length, can I make my horse really straight, and this adjustability, I think, is sometimes a little bit ignored, you know, riders come into a clinic situation and, you know, the, the rider thinks a little too much just about the movements, but it's more the basics in between, like I said, the, the pure rideability of the horse and the adjustability of the horse, that the horse is supple, and at the end of the day, if we take the first guideline of the training skill very seriously, as in rhythm and suppleness, I think um, we, we're going to get a lot further. Because it doesn't say mm-hmm. rhythm and expression. It says rhythm, suppleness, and then later on the expression and the collection, that all comes a little bit later. So I'm honestly looking for the pure rideability, the simplicity that's what I'm looking for.
4: So really establishing the foundation and just reinforcing those foundations no matter what level that they're at because obviously a large percentage of our listenership, our audience are riding at the lower levels, they're not Grand Prix riders. So that would be the message to them if they're going to advance through the levels they've just got to keep repeating and and consolidating on the basics.
5: Absolutely, at the end of the day the levels become more difficult and our horses, because of that, our horses have to become more simple to ride. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the message I'm trying to bring across. Well,
4: of course, one of the um, one of the big issues right now, Stefan, and, and you know it's it's like the elephant in the room, and is the the role core that's in such sharp focus now after the video that's been floating around the internet. Mm-hmm this is something this is a method of training at the end of the day isn't it a method of training what mm-hmm. are your views on it what would you, the message would you would you like to, to put out there
5: I like to think about a very simple example when we um, w- when I competed in Aachen this year there were after the show there were um, 8,000 hits on the warm-up and um, 5,000 hits on the actual show performance. So there's a lot of focus on how are the horses prepared, and that's where people who are just starting the sport that's what they're watching. Yes, they watch the competition, but it is there's such a high focus on the way our horses um, are prepared, and I think anything that we do um, where it looks forceful, where the horse, um, you know, is is forced into into a certain frame is um, definitely not what we want. I think it's more important that the horse um, learns to cooperate. I don't even like that word submission that much. I like cooperation where the horse really learns to work with us. And um, I think roller is one of those things that certainly does look a little forceful. To be honest, I would have to educate myself a little bit more from a uh, biomechanical standpoint to understand the real reason for raw cure but at the end of the day we look at it and it certainly looks a little rough and i would like to stay away from it
4: well given all the, the different things that are being focused on in the not least of all through the dressage uh, forum the task force the 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 uh, judging uh, uh, t- trials that took place there's an awful lot that's happening in the sport right now uh, where would you like to see the focus uh, right now uh, with with all the the different menu of things that are being uh, uh, dealt with right now in the sport
5: I think it is an absolutely wonderful situation that the uh, FEI um, has a task force and that there are certain investigations right now we we have to treat our um, horses in a very very fair way, it is competition and there's no doubt that there's a lot of pressure on the riders to represent a nation, to uh, represent uh, the owner, and also, you know, you have to prove yourself in the arena. There's a tremendous amount of pressure that goes on, and it simply can't end up where we do harm to our horses. And therefore, I think it's a wonderful situation that there are task forces out there that look into those Um Into those methods of training, and uh, I honestly think that the FEI does a wonderful job. They're simply being stricter. There's a lot of discussion also about the um, zero tolerance for um, for for any medication for the horse. Let's ask ourselves a simple question. At one point, there certainly was a reason for zero tolerance. Yes, is it debatable because of accidents that we certainly had um, where the horse. you know has has a treatment and there's a little bit residual still of that treatment in the blood uh, blood flow there's certainly a necessity for for the discussion of that but in general there's there's absolutely no place for um, for doping there's absolutely uh, no place for for mistreating our
0: horses
4: well, as I said earlier, you're coming off a very, very busy busy year and after a wonderful year with Ravel and, and you celebrated all that, I, I know, this week with a party for him Tell us about that
5: The uh, party was, was wonderful It was a, a fundraiser for the um, Equestrian Aid Foundation and we combined that with a celebration for Ravel Akiko and Jerry Yamazaki, owners of Ravel made a wonderful video of Ravel that told a story from the day he came into quarantine until the Olympics. Because there were downsides, there were there was an injury, there were definitely some attention issues of Ravel, there were some resistance issues and it told a very very realistic story the way 2006 and 2007 went. And we showed that video and we also showed um the world cup videos a few more times and it is all honestly wonderful to see because when i when i look back it it is still sometimes a little hard to grasp what all happened in this past year and um it is always wonderful to see that and i appreciate uh the whole team obviously you can't win by yourself i have a wonderful support team behind me and this this team was honored and celebrated uh at the at the party.
4: So how long have you been riding him now?
5: Since uh, 2006. It was right after the uh, World Games in 2006. Yeah. And you you actually asked me at that time. Is there is there something else in the making? I told you about a secret weapon, and that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> that's
4: right. Can you remember? Stefan, going back to them, when you first got on that horse, how many times do you think you rode him before you secretly said to yourself, hmm, I've got something here?
5: Honestly, it took me five minutes. I I thought, if this continues for the next um, few days, this this has got to be it. And that's not just because of him uh, moving so expressively, but he he always wanted to do it. He it's a horse that that goes to work every single day and enjoys it. And that is extremely hard to come by. If they if they don't want to do it at this level, I don't think they're going to do it. But if they enjoy it on top of that, it's just a wonderful feeling. And it's every single day. It has nothing to do with work. That is just a pure pleasure to get on Ravel. And that's the feeling I had uh, right off the start. And, you know, I would say it's important that horses are fit, and it's important that they have the uh, capacity to work, but what's much, much more important is the fact that they have a big heart. Mm-hmm. And I think Provel has one of the biggest hearts. Well,
4: tell us, what, what's his schedule now for the next year, Stefan?
5: Because we're going to do the uh, World Sash Masters in, uh, in mm-hmm. Florida, and... We're still a little bit in the discussion right now should he do two more CDIWs which are required to qualify for the World Cup, uh, we would have to do those um, in Florida as well, and we're kind of throwing some ideas around and debating if we if we should do that. I think on the one side it would be neat as a champion that he goes to Holland next year and uh, tries to defend his title. Mm-hmm. But on the other side, we certainly don't want to do uh, too much with them and preserve them for uh, for the future, and especially for for next year, Kentucky.
4: Absolutely, that has to be the main focus. But in the meantime, you've got a fun event. I'm going to see you in December at the uh, the gala, the Succeed fundraiser gala.
5: That's correct. In um, in Florida,
4: yeah. In, in, in Florida, do mm-hmm. a- any any indication there what you, what we can look forward to?
5: You know, we're throwing some interesting ideas around with the organizer, and they asked me to keep it a little (laughs) bit (laughs) quiet. Under wraps. Under wraps, but it could be – I think it's going to be a fun fun evening, and I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah,
4: yeah, it really is. Well, I look forward to seeing you again there in December. Thank you so much for spending time with us on the Dressage Radio Show, Stefan.
5: Thank you, Chris. It was fun to be there.
1: Well, that was so much fun catching up with with Stefan, and uh, I found out that – Two things that I learned from the, from the show, Debbie, one was that he speaks fluent Dutch mm-hmm. and, and that his passion um, when he's not around horses is cars. He loves cars.
2: <laughs> what guy doesn't love cars? <laughs> I guess that's true too. <laughs> and, and I know a few dressage riders
1: who, uh, women who also love cars. Yes. Um, oh yeah, yeah. What what car do you drive, Deb?
2: <laughs> oh, you're going to ask that. I just got a new Porsche Cayenne S, um, the SUV. <laughs> oh, you did. Oh, lovely. Yeah, so I love cars too. <laughs> oh, you do. <laughs>
1: That's
2: interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have
1: to. You're liking it?
2: Oh my gosh, it was so much fun to drive down from Idaho to California. Only the sad part was I was only two hours into the drive, and I got a speeding ticket. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, but he dear. was a very nice policeman. He said, it's not hard to do on a road like this in a car like yours. <laughs> and so he only wrote me up. I was doing, I don't know, 95 and a 65, and he uh, he only wrote me for five over. So he was really nice, so it wouldn't go on my record. But then Aww. the bad thing was, I was only two hours into the trip, and I was on an 18-hour journey. <laughs> so that made it a really long long trip oh man that did yes yeah
1: well you're brave I know very tempting to speed and uh, I have to say I've never been a real car fanatic but I just got a new car and I'm like a kid with a new toy what did you get I got the Audi Q5
2: oh Audis are great too
1: uh oh man is it lovely and i in fact i sat in sat in that with the uh, stefan the other day to do this interview and he confessed that he's he you know not only is he a car lover but uh you know and he drives bmws but he rents this car too he loves this car so i'm i'm just cock a hoop about it it's a beautiful car and he loves the road it oh, just nice. absolutely loves these kentucky lanes so uh all right, I think we've done enough commercials for our car manufacturers and they're all German. So. <laughs> That's very true. Uh-oh. All right, well I should I, I should also say and maybe I should put a bumper sticker on my Audi that my other car is a, is American. It's a Jeep Grand Cherokee.
2: There you go. There we
1: go. All right. Well, that was that was fun, Debbie. And we we uh, we're going to um take a moment now to hear from you i know you've got a training tip of the week what have you got in store for us this week deb
2: well um you know i was thinking about it one of the things that we you know that helps us be successful in this sport is getting our horses sensitive off our leg and so like after you know when you first get on your horse and you've already get on a long rein for 15 minutes 10 15 minutes whatever your normal walk time is when you start to gather up your reins the way to start really testing your sensitivity level of your horse is just stay on like a 20 meter circle and, um, and start doing little, um, like walk quarter, turn on the forehands and start, when you start to do that, feel how much leg it takes to get that horse to step a little quicker from his, you know, around the front end. And, uh, you're you know it's really right when you can actually just apply your lower calf in a very light heel and that horse moves pretty quickly off your leg and then you know you've actually got it a it nice and sensitive and to both directions, so you know you pick up a nice rein, not a real collected walk, and you still. You know, you check for that sensitivity level before you start to work. And I guarantee when you start to get your horses to where you're not having to dig that leg and hold that spur in their side, you get a lot more work out of them, and it's a lot more enjoyable to ride and to watch.
1: So increase their sensitivity.
2: Exactly.
1: I have a question for you, Debbie. When you get on a horse, any horse, any level, when you first get on and you walk around on a long rein, mm-hmm. just to just to get them warmed up, do you trot around on a long rein before you start to pick that horse up and get him connected?
2: Not usually. Usually, I walk on a on a long rein. I usually take him out and walk him around. We have, especially when we're here at apono, we have a nice big field. We I go do that, and then I go into the ring and I'll pick up my reins a little bit at the walk. And then I start to actually start to uh, get a little bit of sensitivity from my leg, and then I'll start to trot and stretch them a little bit in the trot as well, you know. But I I do try to get them a little bit sensitive right from the beginning.
1: Hmm. Very good. Interesting. Great. Great tip. Thank you so much, Debbie. You're welcome. Well, I mentioned earlier in the show, Debbie, we had a terrific response on our Facebook fan page to people and i I just posted a note. I said, "Does anyone want us to have a discussion about roll core a debate about roll core and there was a lot of uh, strong views about it Un- understandably. I think people uh, you know want to debate it want to just get it out there and uh, i you know, I think this is something we will we will tackle um regardless of the um, FEI's investigation, um, because I think this is something that, that is of interest to riders at all levels.
2: Absolutely.
1: So uh, I think what we'll, we'll do is try and put a panel together here in, uh, in the next uh, few days, weeks, um, and see if we can't uh, have a discussion on that. And, uh, and you'll join in that discussion with us.
2: Oh, absolutely. I would love it. I think it's, uh, like I said earlier, long overdue and, uh, we'll see what we can, I don't know that we can make things happen, but, uh, if you don't shake it up, like they say, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. The sque- so let's, <laughs> let's start being the squeaky wheel.
1: Well, that's right. Now there are so many people, uh, of course out there in, in Europe, as well as in, uh, in, in the States here who, you know, are very well qualified to talk about it. Uh, and, uh, Obviously, there's a limit to how many people we can have on the show at any one time. Uh, so there are a few people, and we've got, and I and I thank you all of you who, who did post a suggestion. Um, we certainly, uh, you know, love hearing from you, and whether it's a controversial topic or not. Um, but thank you all for for expressing your views. Keep those ideas coming. We, as I said, we will be looking at who we can have on the show. Um, you know, who would obviously be able to contribute the most to this uh, debate Um, so uh, you know it may not be the person that you chose and I apologize for that but it's about of who we can get who is available and who is most qualified or or one of the most qualified and and also one different time zones as well Um, and of course you'll all want to be hearing them in the English language too so we'll keep that in mind (laughs) (laughs) yeah nice all right. Well, thanks, thanks so much for, again, for, for contributing to, to, to that suggestion. And, uh, you know, stay tuned because well, we'll keep you updated as we plan that show. Well, Debbie, that about rounds it up for us. I think you've got a few show notes to tell everybody about.
2: Yeah. Um, you can always follow our show notes at www.dressageradio.com or send us your feedback. Leave us a voicemail at 270-803-0025 or email any comments or questions to me or Chris at chris at horseradionetwork.com. The Dressage Radio Show is a fan page on Facebook, and there's a link to the page on our website. You can follow us on Twitter at horseradio and Chris at Chris Stafford. We would also like to thank our sponsors, Equestrian Life and Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com.
1: Well, thanks so much, Debbie. And are, are you t- tweeting yet?
2: <laughs> no, we <laughs> laugh about that every time you say that. No, I'm not tweeting yet.
1: <laughs> oh, no, we're going to get you there What sooner or later. Uh, well, as, as Debbie points out, you can follow us at Horse Radio, and you can also follow me at Chris E. Stafford. Don't forget the middle initial E. Chris E. Somebody... Out there is uh, so plenty of people called Chris Stafford, but uh, on Twitter, I have to use my middle initial. So it's Chris E. Stafford. And I do tweet about uh, the shows coming up, so you'll you'll hear from us when they're posted. All right, Debbie, well, that about wraps it up. We're running clean out of time. What a fantastic show. Thank you so much for spending time with us. And you're going to tell us, tell us what are you going to be up to for the next two weeks before we hear from you again?
2: Well, basically, um, Kira Kirkland's here doing the Elite Clinic and uh Then after that, we have our first schooling show, and so we're going to be pretty busy the next couple of weeks here.
1: You are. Well, that's going to be a lot of fun having Kira there. Uh, Always a very popular clinician. And I know you guys are all friends. So there'll be a a few glasses of wine to accompany that clinic. Uh, When you finish riding, I'm sure.
2: Yes, let's hope so.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Terrific. Well, thank you so much, Debbie. Um, We'll uh, see you all back here next week when Lisa will be my guest co-host. Until then.
2: Well, thanks everybody for listening and enjoy your horses and riding. I'm sorry.